back. That means it's time for another Reawakening Podcast. I'm Brian Ingraham, and as I say every time, it is my passion to see our whole generation reawakened, to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. I believe everybody can do this from wherever you are. You might have glimpses that of that in your life, whatever your story. I believe that this can be true more for you, and especially um, as we work together in this. On Tuesday nights, I do a mentoring class, mentoring a group of people. You can see more about that on brianingraham.co.uk. I do this mentoring class and we're going to shift into a new unit. The new unit is about sharpening our discernment, sharpening our hearing from God skills. I'm very passionate about this topic because as a leader, and maybe you're a leader too, or as somebody who, whose decisions have a big impact on people's lives, like I want to follow God accurately. I want to make decisions that are right in line with God's heart with, without a veering to the left or to the right. I want accuracy when it comes to hearing from God, more and more accuracy. And so I've been on this journey over the last many years to sharpen and hone my accuracy in hearing from God. I think that we can all grow in this area. I do not hit this at 100%. But it is something that I am continually trying to push myself and experiment in and grow in. I, I take copious notes in my journal to, to keep thinking, okay, this is what I feel like God is saying today, and here's why I feel like God's saying this, and then watching things play out over the time over time to see if um, if I'm hearing accurately or which ways are more accurate and which ways are less accurate. I do want to be full of wisdom. I want to have somebody who has God's wisdom, but even more so, if it's even appropriate to say this, but but it makes sense to me even more than I want just general wisdom. I want I want direct guidance. I want this thing called discernment. I want to be able to discern accurately what God is saying to me in this particular moment of my life. And probably the reason why I am so passionate about this is because of my love for the book of Job in the Bible. Because in the book of Job, you see the, the, this great wisdom. You read through Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, and you, you see the things that they say, and some of it is just so generally true, and it's good. I could picture myself saying something very, very similar to what they said, maybe not as brilliantly as they do, but the thing is, what we find out in the book of Job is that they have all this wisdom, but it's being misapplied. It's being misapplied to Job because although generally what Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar are saying is good wisdom and, and good godly wisdom, in that case with Job, it just wasn't accurate. It wasn't true for Job. And so because of my, my love for the book of Job in that way, and really the warnings that I received from the book of Job, I don't want to just have wisdom. I want to know uh, accurately. I want to have understanding of what is going on so that I can speak accurately into situations and so I can re respond rightly to God's leading in situations, knowing that it's not just general wisdom that I want, but God's clear leading and I want to perceive it accurately and so following it accurately. Now, if you're wondering, oh, how am I qualified to speak on such a thing? I would say that I am a learner and I am a learner who has lots of experience getting it wrong. In fact, I, I find myself, maybe you found yourself like this as well. At times in my life where I'm looking back over my journals and maybe there was a prayer request that I super cared about and I, something I was seeking God about and then I would hear from him about it and I'd write it down. I feel like God's saying, 
Rescue is coming on the 27th of February or something like that, you know, some some sort of thought. And, and I write that down and I believe in it and I put, uh, I pick up faith in my heart and put peace in, in that place where I'm no longer like worried or wrestling. I'm just going to wait patiently for God to do what I feel like he said he's doing. And then the 27th of February comes along and then the 28th of February comes along and then the 17th of March comes along and it hasn't happened. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's weird. It didn't happen. Okay. So going back through the discernment process and then getting it wrong again and then feeling like, oh, in more, three more months or, or whatever. And then waiting and it, it, it's in the, it's in the wrong that I found myself very discouraged at times and also dissatisfied. I, f- I found myself at a place where I, I was so repeatedly wrong on per- one particular um, prayer request and prayer discernment pursuit that I, I, was, I was almost wanting to give up on this idea of hearing from God. Like, maybe I can't even hear from God. Maybe I'm just making everything up. And maybe you felt this way before, where you've been like, okay, I've gotten it so wrong on this one particular prayer request that maybe maybe God doesn't even speak. Maybe 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 I'm just like making all of this up. And I and I had moments like that in, in my journey where I'm like, "Oh, I'm so wrong." How and yet I would zoom back and I'd be like, "Okay, Brian, are you always wrong? Are you actually making all of this up?" And I would see in other areas of my life like when it comes to leading the church or processes like that. I'm like, oh, I have a much, much better hit rate when it comes to discerning in these other areas. And so where is it that I am prone to getting off in my discernment process? And then where am I doing a good job? And what can I learn about the areas where I'm getting it right that I can apply to the areas that I'm getting it wrong? Now, I'm saying a lot here, but I bet that I'm not the only one out there who has had moments in their life where they have felt like God has spoken to them and encouraged them, where they have sought with all of their, their best discernment and their most honest, truthful discernment processes. God, speak to me, lead me about this in this particular area. And you've heard, and it's just turned out not to be the case. And you find yourself disappointed and, and even like doubting. Uh, your ability to hear from God. Okay, I know, friends, I've been there. I I hear you. In that moment, I say the enemy wants me to believe I should just give up and not try and listen to God anymore. Now, I say that out of my mouth. And And I'm like, of course that's what the enemy wants. Of course the enemy wants me to not even try and listen to God anymore. I mean, you, you, you hear me say that and you're like, oh my goodness, that, that does seem like the worst idea. And yet the enemy is so tricky when it comes to uh, God's people. And he wants us to stop even trying to hear from God. Th- th- those verses about how Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and, and, and they know my voice. And uh, we want to just put those things aside and be like, oh, God doesn't speak to me like that. Clearly, I have this one repeated evidence in my life, or I have a couple different repeated evidences in my life where I just am not getting it right. Friends, I would say the, the, the right response to getting it wrong is humility. It is humbling ourselves before God. Okay, God, I, I thought it was this way. I have gotten it wrong here. Teach me Teach me, God. Teach me because I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you accurately. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to doubt you. I'm going to doubt me. And I'm going to say, okay, I must have missed it here because God doesn't lie. God doesn't is not set out to setting out to deceive me, especially as I'm humbly and wholeheartedly wanting to uh, follow him. So what can I do to 
grow in this area. And I hope that's where you have found yourself. That's definitely where my journey has been over the last several years. How can I grow in accuracy of hearing from God? The, the basics things that I, I have started practicing um, over the last several years here that, I, that I've leaned into, and again, these are just practices. These do not mean that it guarantees accuracy, but I have moved past Brian's Jesus time when it comes to discerning. Now, discerning. now I feel you know pretty dialed in in my Jesus times, and I, I feel like God's speaking, and I'm taking a lot of notes, I'm journaling, and I'm, I'm writing things down. I, I feel like God's presence is close. Okay, not every morning, but, but often enough. And you know, you probably have those moments where you're like, I feel like God is here, and, he, and He's guiding me. And I have those moments. Now, um, if I leave my discernment process just to the me and Jesus moments, I am in a more risky discernment place. Jesus definitely speaks to me in those moments. But on things that really matter and on things that are quite significant, I would hope that I would have my my discernment process is much wider than just the me and Jesus moments, no matter how confident I feel in the revelation. Now, I had this time where I was I was feeling like I was praying, I was seeking God, and I felt like I was seeing a very clear vision, actually, of of, of an environment and just hearing like like declarations about timings of a particular um, answer that I was I was seeking. And it was so clear and it's so vivid. And I wrote it down, and yet it turned out to be wrong. It, it turned out to be inaccurate. And and if I was just basing it on my personal experience of like, wow, I'm having a very uh, surreal experience that how could this not be a God moment? This feels like my other God moments. And if I was just trusting on just that one thing, well, the reality is I wasn't, I wasn't right. And do I know why I wasn't right? Uh, I don't have the fullest understanding of all of that yet, but my heart and my desires were very much wrapped up in that prayer request. And I think those are the ones where I personally am most prone to getting it wrong when I'm seeking by myself. The things that my heart wants, that I would like to be true, that I, I want, that, you know, in my, in my dream scenario about whether it's about the church or my life or whatever, it's, if my dream scenario is, is at play in my discernment process, then I have got to at least put myself in the yellow, not in the, oh yeah, I'm, I, I at least in the, I'm, I have a warning flag here that my discernment might be needing to be, uh, more aggressive, I need to be more uh, discerning when when something that's playing so close to my heart. Some people say, and people with great experience in prayer, such as in the biography by A.T. Pearson of George Mueller, uh, he he would claim that if your heart cares about something, then your discernment process is highly suspect. Now, I haven't yet figured out how to get my heart completely out of a discernment process. In, especially the ones that really care to me or things that are very emotive, things that I, I care about because I'm hurting or I'm in pain or I'm in confusion or I'm desperate for, for answers. Um, if people are, are praying, God, I, I, we want kids or we, 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 I want to be married or I want um, your, your help in, in areas that are very emotive and close to the heart. Like uh, it's, 
you know, my kids' salvations or my or or something going on like that. Th- things that it's it's nearly impossible to separate your heart from. I don't believe that you can't hear accurately from God, but I do think that my personal discernment journey shows and what the others before me, like the George Mueller's and those who have a lot of experience in prayer and a lot of experience hearing accurately in God in prayer would say, warning, warning, warning. George would say, you've got to get your heart and your desires completely off the table. And I would say, yes, if I can, that is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm not so great at that, but that is my, my first attempt there, my, my first try. But ultimately, we're working on, I'm working on building accuracy and knowing when I am prone to get it wrong. So there's certain areas where I'm prone to get it right, and there's certain areas where I'm prone to get it wrong. I have my Jesus times, and, and I, I'm listening to God there. I'm also journaling. And I'm, I'm not just journaling, I'm reviewing my journals. Every time I've got uh, a sense of new discernment, I do like to go back and just keep scanning through journals. Or I'll sit there in prayer and be like, Holy Spirit, remind me of, of journal entries where I might have been recording things connected to this. Bring things to mind. And, and my, my journal is, is digital, so I can search for keywords. Oh yeah, I remember something about unicorn. I don't know, just saying that. Um, And I can search unicorn and find it. All the thousands of entries that have to do with unicorns. No, I don't have thousands of entries, but uh, dealing with unicorns. That's that kind of journaling and reviewing journaling process. Multiple voices, getting multiple people who I don't let know even what I'm discerning or what, what the situation is and have them pray into it. And then also some voices who do know what's going on and having them pray into it. But none of these are fail-safes. Now, what I say here is generally true, but again, none of this is, is guaranteed. Some, some, there are environments where I feel like there's a higher hit probability on revelation and, and discernment processes. So, for instance, during our elders' meetings, our elders' meetings are mostly prayer, actually, a prayer and discernment. And we pray through each location. We pray for the church in general. We pray for things. And then we have some listening time, and and then I take notes. The things that come up in elders' meetings where we've got a a group of people praying and seeking God together, a group of people who are, uh, as according to the Bible, uh, commissioned by the Holy Spirit, appointed by the Holy Spirit for the task of leading the church. It's Jesus' church. Jesus is the head of the church. We're trying to lead the church on his agenda. And as, as we pray and as we seek, I find that our hit rate when it comes to things connected to uh, the church and what God's saying about the church is very high because we are the the right people appointed by the Holy Spirit for this task, praying together and seeking God together for his, his direction. One of the ones that really jumps out at me is the time where we were praying and seeking God about his, his next, and this was probably about a year and a half ago, and one of our elders at the time, Dan, he was like, okay, I feel like God's saying house of cards and that God is going to be bringing you in a season where you are going to be building something that could easily, easily completely collapse, completely collapse the church. But he's asking you to trust him by faith and you will know that it's going to be true uh, because it won't fall down because God is in it. So your job, guys, is to build a house of cards in this next season, something that is very fragile and could completely fall down, but God is going to prove to you that he's in it. 
by it not falling down. And for me, I'm like, oh, that is awful. That is the exact opposite way that I would ever want to build a church that kind of fragile. But the call was by faith. And because that was in an elders meeting, there was an opportunity that came up specifically, Rehope Church Paisley now, that was a big risk, a big stretching process, and yet God definitely showed himself in it, and he continues to this moment showing himself in it. We're not through the whole risky moment, but we're getting pretty close to the end of it, it seems like, and and God over the last year and a half has shown himself provider and faithful, and that was a very reliable Hard to hear, but excellent word that came up in an elders' meetings. I, I have more trust for elders' meetings, and I, I take copious notes when in those meetings because I, I trust a lot what God is saying there in those meetings. At other times, I, I have uh, basically any time God's people are gathered together to specifically hear and to pray about things together in unity, I have higher hit rates in those moments, higher trust. We, we do this... Um, Three times a year, leader's prayer thing for the church. Now, I call it leader's prayer. Apparently, that's not exactly what it's branded. Uh, in my head, though, it's when all the elders and the staff are definitely coming together where we intentionally invite the the key volunteer leaders in our church to be a part of that. And we do throw the door open to anybody to come and pray. And our purpose, just like the elders' meetings, we pray through each location and we seek what God is saying about every location and for our church in general. We, I end up with so many notes. We have a special form that I get the people to fill out when they're, when they're feeling like they're hearing from God on different things, and I pray through it, and I walk through it. That group, Jesus' people, part of the church, seeking God together, higher hit rate. And it's it's really uh, powerful to get that 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 those words in. In fact, the, one of our biggest challenges, how do we best capture what God is saying to a wide variety of people who are praying on the same things. What are going to be our systems there for that? That's one of the areas we really lean into at the church here. But also, you know, like pre-service prayer, we an hour before our church services, uh, we are everybody stops. Everybody, all the volunteers stop, and we gather together to pray for about 20 minutes to seek God for, for the service, and we have times of praying and listening. When God, when I feel like God's speaking to me in those times, I'm also much more dialed in because it is that group time of God's people praying together. I also find that when I'm just in church, now I'm usually talking and and that it just is what it is, but when I'm not, when I'm just at a church and, and I'm listening to another preacher preach, or whether I'm in a time of worship or a worship gathering specifically, I find when I hear God speaking to me in those moments, uh, usually off topic of whatever the preacher's saying, like I might just have this invasion moment and feel like God's given me some direction, like those tend to be higher hit rate moments. These are, all of these are examples of environments where God's people are gathered together, where there's a sense of God's presence is there in the gathering and where either the word of God is being spoken out preached or whether worship is happening or whether we are all just praying together in agreement much much higher hit rate now in my arrogance i would like to believe that my jesus time and i spend a lot of time with my jesus time is going to produce just as accurate uh, results especially on things that i care about and and the church and i'm not saying that my my, my my discernment processes when I'm alone are unreliable at all. 
But just in in retrospect, there is something very significant about you know, even the words of Jesus where he's like, okay, not to say where 10 or more are gathered in my name, where two or more, where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. And I, and I just find that that's a, a very powerful, uh, extra powerful time of discernment and listening. I suppose to double down on this same kind of humbling thing is, so I've got my Jesus times in the morning and our church has this 8 a.m. prayer. And especially during fasting week, a lot more people are a part of that. But 8 a.m. prayer, very simple. Somebody guides the process and it rotates uh, in different days, different weeks. And you, you don't really know what's what's going to happen. But I might be there in the morning and maybe I'll be in my Jesus time at the time at the moment. And I'll be like, okay, should I dial into 8 a.m. prayer? What I've discovered is when I have and I've surrendered my agenda for that 30 minutes of Jesus time, I, I find actually that God might speak to me or, or, or give me words that are more clear or more surprising than I would have normally expected. And I find myself continuing to marvel of submitting myself to someone else's guidance of a group prayer discernment time. I mean, obviously, I, I often am the leader of, of different prayer things. But for 8 a.m. prayer, I'm like, okay, I'm coming under somebody else's guidance. In fact, jumping bigger than that, the some of the most impactful, in fact, I would say the number one most impactful Jesus moment of my life was somebody else leading a guided prayer time. It happened to have been in Athens in 2012. And I had the worst attitude going into this prayer time and even for part of the prayer time until God broke in. There's something about being a part of a guided prayer time and just being a part of it that that my, for me has raised the bar of expectation and discernment processes. We are so individual, or maybe I'll just own it myself. I am so individual and I have such a high view of my own time with Jesus. And I, I, I love it. I just have such a, I just cherish my Jesus time so much. It's, it's a treasure that I just won't go with. But it would be arrogant of me to just be like, that is enough. That hour a day or that 90 minutes a day with Jesus, that, that is enough. And, 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 and I'm, I'm getting all that I need. I believe, friends, it's in the multiple different kinds of environments of seeking God that discernment is sharpened, and even certain environments more so than others. But if your your version of seeking discernment for God is one environment, this is how I, at church, okay, that's a great place, but what about in your own discernment times? Or what about in in a variety of different kinds? I'm going to go to a worship night. I'm going to go to a conference, a, a, a worship conference or something like that. In my experience, it's the different environments that make a bigger difference and increase my, my hearing. The people in my life are a treasure when it comes to everything about life, but also the discernment processes, especially people where... I, I can let them in and they can pray and seek for me or people that I just invite to seek on a specific issue without telling them what it is because there's a, there's some confidential things in, in my life and, and, and just being a pastor that I can't share with people but I might want God's direction on how to respond in a certain situation that, yeah, I just can't tell them but I can get them to seek with me and that sort of process. I love it when I hear 
people spend time discerning and praying about maybe a, a mysterious seeking God situation, and then I hear what God is saying to them without any twistings or, or taintings from me, any, any slantings from my part, uh, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm seeing some of that purity of seeking God and his agenda. Back to that George Mueller stuff where, like, how can you get your own heart or your own feelings out of it? Well, if I say nothing to somebody, then they don't have the same, the same heart and collusion as, as I might have. I don't know if collusion is the right word there, by the way. That just kind of flew out of my mouth. But the most pure that we can make our discernment process, the more everything is just on the table without any agenda or, or any specific hunger. When we're, when we're trying to hear, when we're trying to listen, I'm not talking when we're trying to pray for something, but when we're trying to hear and discern, the more that we can just have a purity on the table, the, the better our discernment is. And so, yes, when, it, when it's a big deal, I put out I do all of these things. I'm, I'm praying in all of these environments. I am putting out to, to friends and trusted prayer people uh, mysterious requests that I just want to have them hear from God on. And I am starting to give more and more guidance on what that might, what I might be looking for. Now, this is becoming more and more common in, in the church here. And so I, in the last fasting week, which was just not too long ago, a friend of mine reached out to me. And I kind of deserve this because I'm always asking people to pray and see God and listen for me. Well, one of my friends um, returned the favor, returned the joy, and it is a joy to listen for people. Um, and they sent me a, a very mysterious message, and and it really told me nothing. It, their request was, Brian, I've had a request, and I, I think it was for three or four years now. It's been on my fasting card yet to see any answer to it. I was wondering if you could ask God for clarity on timing and if that point is connected to any of my other points on my card. Now, that's what the message said. It, I, I, I'm looking at it right now with my own eyes. And I know nothing about any of their other points on their card. I don't even know what the, the request is that they're wondering. All, I, all I'm supposed to be asking God for is anything about timing to this mysterious answer and something, is it connected to anything on their own card? Now that's, I love that. I love that because there is a, there is something, I can't make this up. Now, the thing that I need to lay down as a discerner on behalf of somebody else is I want a good answer for them. Like I want a great result. I even see this in the book of Daniel where Daniel hears Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the meaning of it. And, he, and he's like, oh, I wish that this was for your enemies. This is, I want good news for you. But like, I have to deal with my own thing. Okay, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to, I'm not going to even, I'm just going to have an honesty when I seek God. Now, how do I do this for somebody else when it's not for me? Well, there's, I've started practicing getting four different kinds of words and asking for four different things intentionally. I will sit there in my Jesus time and I write out four words. Number one, a word. Like, God, I want you to give me a word for this person. Number two, I want you to give me a verse, to bring a Bible verse to mind. Number three, I want you to give me a picture. Uh, uh, illustrate this, a picture of what you're trying to say in this situation. And number four, and something that I'm just cherishing more and more is, God, I want you to give me a song 
or in that that could be like a line of a song or a chorus of a song or a bridge of a song or a piece of a song but i want you to give me a song and so what what i found when it comes to helping people discern and and with their listening times is i will ask for them to ask for something very specific i know that i'm veering off trap just for a moment but i'll get back to this like at our church's pre-service prayer time i'll be like okay now we're going to listen god is there anything you want to say and then i will tell the people listen and ask god for a verse and it's amazing how even just that little directive can help people know what they're listening for. I think a lot of times when people are listening to God, like they're, they're, they're open for anything, but they might be missing how God is speaking to them. But sometimes if we refine, okay, God, I'm, right now I'm looking for a verse. Right now I'm looking for a song. Right now I'm looking for a picture. And, and kind of mixing it up there, I think that it could, it can help us kind of... Uh, dial in our discernment. So with this person, I wrote down these four words. God, I want a word, a verse, a picture, and a song. And that doesn't mean that this discernment process is going to be untainted, but it's as pure as I can make it at this particular moment. And so the word I heard for them was, be at peace. The Lord is is good to you and will be. The Lord is good to you and will be. Be at peace. Now, I don't know what that means, and I don't know how it's connected to their situation. And, you know, it's just basic. Now, I could have just stopped there and said, okay, this is what I feel like God's saying, but now I'm going to the next thing. Okay, Lord, uh, uh, next thing, verse. And I felt like, leaped right to my mind, the Lord is good to all and has compassion on all that he has made. Psalm 145, 90. I'm like, okay, well, maybe the word that I got, the Lord is good to you and will be, maybe that taints it, or maybe this is a confirmation. I don't know, because I don't know anything about this situation. I don't even know if I'm on track, but I'm just taking these notes. I asked God for a verse, and he brings Psalm 145, 90 to my mind. It wasn't in my mind previously. I write it down. The Lord is good to all and has compassion on all that he has made. And then I got to the third one. And this one was one that, um, where I'm asking God for a picture. God, give me a picture uh, here. And I remember this because it was weird. And and usually the picture ones I, I struggle with at first. The first, I kind of get them just very progressively. And and usually the first thing I see, I'm like, nope, that's not it. I'm, maybe I'm the only one there. But in this case, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a picture for this person. And I see this walrus, like this big, ugly walrus. And I'm like, nope, that this, this is probably, this, this is weird. Uh, is there anything else? You know, but I just, it just could, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to reject this. If this is what the picture is, I'm just going to roll with it. It doesn't make any sense to me right now. So I'm going to keep going with it. Walrus. Okay. And then I just noticed, okay, it's got these big tusks and then it's just hard to move, like slow and floppy movements. It's just, just really awkward. And, and I, and I wrote down it's, it's movements aren't pretty to watch, but it gets there. And I'm seeing this like really awkward walrus out of water, like just flopping towards the water. And I kind of prayed on that image and I felt like God was saying, I feel like your timing situation is like a walrus out of the water moving towards the sea. Once it gets to the sea, it goes and it can really move fast, but currently it's out of the water. Maybe it's moving, maybe it's flopping towards the sea, but when it gets to the sea, the pace completely changes. And then my next moment as I'm praying through this is, and I'm writing this down, I guess not to switch analogies, it doesn't seem like your situation has reached the tipping point yet. But when it does, it will rush. But there's movement, but not like it will be. 
The tipping point is currently concealed and that's okay. It's coming. Be at peace. That said, like a walrus, keep flock, flopping. It, it looks like it takes them a lot of effort. Keep flopping towards the sea, towards that breakthrough. And, and, and that was kind of my prayer discernment process when it came to that picture. Now, I almost shut that picture down with the walrus thing because it was weird. And then as it hard to move flop, I mean, this is the most unflattering thing ever, but I just kind of kept sitting with it, praying it through, taking notes and watching that sort of thing progress. And then I, I was like, okay, that's a picture. I got that written down. How about a song? God, bring a song to my heart. And, and the song was trust and obey, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And I'm like, okay, Hmm, interesting. Is that connected to the other points? I don't know. But but I, I think that's where the trust and obey comes in. It's con it, it is connected maybe to the other points and maybe trusting and obeying is connected to timings. Maybe disobedience now will affect the times. I have no idea what we're even talking about when it comes to this. I don't I don't know what where free will is gonna come to play in this is answer prayer request. But these are the things. And I look at them and I'm like, they could be connected. It's the other person that's going to need to know this sort of stuff. Be at peace. The Lord will be good to you. The Lord is good to all and compassion, has compassion on all he's made. Big tusks. And, and I, I basically had to say, you know, friend, I, I, I don't feel like it's, it's happening soon. Uh, let me, in fact, let me, let me note on this one, my notes. I, I was like, okay, friend, you need to pray through this. Um, I, I want you to, like, this is just my, my words. They could be totally weird, totally off. I have a great track record of, of getting things off, but um, I want you to look at them over. I want you to pray through them and compare them to, to other words. And, and I think the risk for me is, okay, I'm, I'm a pastor. So maybe people are like, just like, okay, well, the pastor says it, then I'm going to just chuck out every other word that I've ever received on this one. No, please, please don't do that. That would be such a, a, a mistake. But all, all of that to say as an example is, and again, I don't know whether that hit or not with that person, but in my discernment processes, it, it's all about a variety of angles, whether it's just me. Okay, Lord, I'm looking for a verse. I'm looking for a picture. I'm looking for a song. Uh, uh, different kinds of hearing from God, different environments when it comes to praying and seeking, having different people speak into my situations with different amounts of information and it's kind of that comparing you're building a mosaic of revelation you're building a mosaic of discernment and it just takes sometimes the more complicated pieces the more pieces that are closest closer to my heart and and just more uh more harder for me to separate myself from the more of the mosaic pieces of discernment that i'm going to get now, I don't say any of all this to discourage anybody because I believe the discernment process and growing in discernment is one of the most important, wonderful gifts and treasures when it comes to being able to follow God well and follow God accurately and also to live at peace and being like, okay, God says not now. Okay, then I'm going to, although I wish it was sooner, lay this down for now and I'm going to live at peace trusting his timings and that he knows what's going on. I I'm I really would love to see you in this next season grow in your discernment processes. And I want you to just be thinking in terms of what, how can I expand my discernment experiences? Maybe you have 
uh, a long track record of growing in, God, in discernment with God, but you've been really narrowed in on just a few different discernment pieces that you like and that you trust. I'm saying maybe try some others. Throw throw the um, throw the the circle wider uh, of of discernment practices. Maybe you got some ideas in this in this time. Uh, but yeah, throw the circle wider. Also, if if you're not used to discerning and you feel like a little bit lost, well then start adding some of these specifics. God, I want a verse or a, a Bible passage that I want you to speak to me through. I, I want you, I want a, a picture now or I want a song or a worship song or a lyric that, that will help me. And just start asking for specifics and, and listening for specifics. I want you to find yourself in a year from now just feeling so much more alive and connected to Jesus and like you're hearing him accurately and you're following him accurately and you're able to trust him even in the waitings. Because a lot of times the answer is, I hear you, friend. I hear you. The answer is yes, but it's just be patient. In time, I will direct your path. And also for a word for people who have been through what I've been through, disappointment. Who have gone to the point where they feel like, okay, I was so wrong back then and then I set my heart so fully on it. I want to remind you that God does not lie. So if your conclusion based on your bad experience or your disappointment in the past is God lied to you, I call foul, I raise my hands and I'm like, something did happen there. But God did not lie. That it, The Bible is clear. It is impossible for him to lie. And I have had moments where I've been tempted to choose that, that path. But I'm, but I'm resilient. No, the Bible is true. Not my feelings are true. And the Bible said it is impossible for God to lie. And so what else could it be? Am I being deceived? Is there a deceitful spirit that's messing with me? A, a false revelation thing that's, that's messing with me? Is... is uh, am I deceiving myself? Something else is going on because it's not God. And so there's other things we could talk about today about character, character alignment, and, and the way that we live and how that can have an impact on the purity and the, the clarity of our discernment processes. We don't have time for that right now. But I want to say, keep going. Keep going when it comes to growing in discernment. Don't give up because of of painful or disappointing experiences. This is a learning moment. And actually, there's great gold in even revisiting that moment and saying, okay, what might have been wrong? What, what might have been off in me in that moment? Holy Spirit, help me to perceive where I could, where I got that wrong and where I can now grow and, and refine in my process. Friends, God loves you. God is still speaking and it is his joy to guide you. It's, it, he wants you to follow him. It is his joy to speak clearly. Let's, let's continue to grow in this together. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, I would love it if you let some people know that this is happening. If you found it helpful, maybe somebody else will as well. Feel free to rate and review online. You're probably already subscribed to it, but if not, uh, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. We try and drop a new one every month on the first of the month. My challenge for you this week is to seek God on something, something that's important to you, and go through, God, I would like a word, I would like a verse, I would like a picture, and I would like a song lyric. And don't worry if, they're connect, if they feel connected or feel disconnected. Just write down that, that whole journey, pray it through, and um, 
just look and see. see. See what happens there. All right, friends, my heart is to see our whole generation reawakened to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but everyone does better with help. Music